Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself, show up, and and remain steadfast and be a... If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose. And talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I'm very pleased to welcome Dr. Jacqueline Sanderlin to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Dr. Jackie's innovations and visionary style has turned the question, why not, into a movement and inspires educators around the country. Currently founder and CEO of the Why Not Incubator, Dr. Jackie uses her more than 30 years of experience as an educator to create workshops for underserved youth to turn them into scholars. Her first such attempt achieved an 80% success rate. She conducted at the very challenging school where she was principal for young men destined to for suspension, prison, or even death. The, the inspired her ask why not began a massive community partnership with resources working toward the same goal as the schools they serve. Now she has written a book, The Why Not Challenge. She blogs for Scholastic Magazine. She is an international speaker. She is the executive board member of the Goldie Hawn Foundation, Mind Up, and steering executive member of the Social Emotional Learning Alliance for California. Her passion has led to cultivating more than 350 community partnerships with dramatic school improvements around the world. She also is the consulting producer of NBC's reality show, School Pride, a guest on The Ellen Show, and we can go on and on and on. So let's uh, hear more about what she's doing, about the Why Not mission, and I'm so pleased to see you again. I We did meet earlier, so welcome back. Welcome. So glad to see you. I love the Dr. J, so I'm going to call you Dr. J. Welcome. Okay, awesome, right with me. Dr. Nancy. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. So, yeah, now we met, uh, tell the story again, because I I really, you know, this will be, the the earlier part won't be a part of this recording, but tell, it's so important that when we tell our stories to one another, amazing things happen and connections occur, collaborations, partnerships, and that's what you're all about. So tell that look, tell that story if you don't mind one more time. Sure. Thank you. First of all, I am just so excited to be here. Thank you, Dr. Nancy, for having me. And when you said story, you know, it's interesting because um, I didn't realize a story was happening. You know, we're just living and doing um, what we needed to do. And of course, working in very 
challenging districts as I as I was um, faced with you know more than half of my students in foster homes, homeless even living out of a U-Haul truck. I had yeah. a couple um, dealing with parents who were incarcerated for life, both parents in some cases, um, or even one parent never coming out is very traumatic. And then there's just the poverty level that was surrounding us that also unfortunately drew um, other negative forces like gang violence and just all kinds of violence. And um, But even in the midst of that, um, there were just wonderful, darn it, <laughs> Dr. J is frozen. <laughs> Should I start from the beginning for a quick Yeah, yeah, you, you okay. started, you, fro you were frozen pretty quickly. Into that I was story. frozen, pretty, okay, very good. So really quickly, <laughs> just to kind of go back, um, you know, working in very challenging communities called for me to think differently. And as I was saying, most of my students, over half of them, I was dealing with children in foster homes, homelessness, like one living out of a U-Haul truck which I didn't even know could happen. Yeah. Um, parents incarcerated for life, sometimes both parents. That's really tough stuff. And during those years, being a, a, a special education teacher, curriculum specialist, principal, district leader, I knew I had to do something different. I knew I had to do something different. So um, the why not was birthed with me having a mindset that why not our kids have the same as other kids in different zip codes? Yeah, yeah. And I found out that while that was a, a, a noble idea, it was very difficult to get others behind me um, sometimes to make that happen within the bubble that we worked, that I worked in. So I, that, so that was my motivation to reach out and start knocking Dr. Nancy on every single door that would open up to me. Every door I could think of. And that door sometimes would be uh, a door that was, you know, at a, at a mom and pop store. Sometimes it would be a door that came from um, a business or a political leader. Um, and then I started finding out that there were more yeses than no's. Yeah. And there were more people that wanted to be part of, as you say, the story that was unveiling to help provide pathways and opportunities and access, but as well as possibilities, not mm -hmm. just opportunities. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I I, I think uh, I'm going to, you want Dr. Day, Jackie, what's, what do you want to be called? No, no, let's go. I, I, I've been called Dr. J so long. I don't know what else. Okay, Dr. J. So, you know, I, I think that's absolutely correct. By the way, why not was something I've used for years, by the way. Really? I've used that term forever. Uh, when I was going through my divorce, which was quite a while ago, uh, one of the things I came up with was why not? And I said, I said that first year alone that I would say yes to everything, but then I also used the why not. And, mm. and I think that is such an important... So. To see it's being used in such a positive way is so exciting. Okay, you're doing all this. We're talking about the story, but the most important story that we haven't told yet yeah. is yours. Why, you've been an educator for 30 years, 
And yes. And you, you definitely, you're, you've taken on uh, one of the most important things of all, which is educating uh, children to be all they can be, you know, and it only takes one person in a, a child's yeah. life to support them to really right. make a difference. But what about you? Who are your, where, where's your story coming from? Oh, like, well, thank you for that. Wonderful things. Well, my story comes from really um, kind of a different story than those students whom I've served. I, I, I grew up in a very middle-class family. Parents came from Texas, moved out here. Mother's a nurse. Dad was an educator, is an educator. Uh, and they tried to make me a nurse. That didn't work. And so, uh, and I came from a long line of nurses. My great grandmother was a midwife. My grandmother was a oh, midwife. Wow. My mother um, was a nurse for 50 years. My sister is now um, a nurse practitioner at UCLA. And it was just one of those things that they say, if you don't do anything else, try being a nurse. And, <laughs> you know, and I did, I must say, I did try it. it I did try it. I I ended up becoming licensed as a nurse. Um, okay. And it just wasn't my passion. It really wasn't. And so part of that, um, I, it, I'm so glad that um, my parents let me start thinking about, because what I, at, at the time, I said, I really love television. I love media. I love journalism. So I got my degree in communications. Um, and I started working as an intern at Channel 9, Channel 11, Channel 2. And I thought I was going to be uh, an anchor or a TV reporter overnight. And they told me, you know, go clean up the waste baskets and, you know, make copies for us. That's what you need to do. And, and so I was doing those two things for a while until um, one of the, oh, I guess he was an engineer at Channel 11. And he he overheard me practicing my um, you know, pretending I was an anchor sitting at the anchor's desk. And I, he really did. Oh, wow. <laughs> I went in the room, you know, to go, you know, clean up for them. And I sat there. It was dark in the room. I kid you not, Dr. Nancy. I started doing my anchor. And I heard a voice. I heard a voice in the dark that said, pretty good. <laughs> I said, well, who are you? Is that God? Is God calling you? Yeah, God? <laughs> yeah. I started looking up, right? <laughs> That's great. So he suggested um, that I go, he said, there's a small cable network in, in, in Los Angeles, go try them out. And you could, you know, maybe they might not pay you, but you would learn a lot. And, and, um, and if they do, they might pay you. So just go there and do good. So I did. I did. So I went to South Central Community News and I became a reporter. And I was do, and I said, listen, I went to them. I said, you don't have to pay me. I'm just glad to be here. Remember, I was living at home, so I didn't need to be paid, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and and I wanted the experience more than anything. And it that was really what changed. I loved it. I was going around the city. I was doing all kind of reports. I remember during the uprising in in L.A. I was there during that, and 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 covering all of those those stories and learning how to write, learning how to edit. Uh, and then I learned later that I liked having conversations with people. I liked having conversations with people outside of a cameraman standing there or outside of like the newsy type of thing. And I liked having like what we're having right now, real yeah. authentic yeah. conversations. I wanted to know people's stories. 
-hmm. Those stories were very intriguing. So I said, okay, I either want to be a talk show host, but Oprah Winfrey had that already tied up. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, I don't know if I can beat her at that. So maybe I don't know about that, but I can practice until my opportunity comes. And, and so, you know, anyway, my, my, it seems like my love for communications and journalism really met with my love for education and learning those stories of those children's lives and the family's lives. And then of course I love writing. So that took me into um, writing books and, and the books that would help and help other educators see those stories or even um, share their stories in, in literature because I believe they have a story to tell. So my two worlds kind of came together. Then I heard people like you and I was like, wow, she's doing what I want to do. I love speaking about that kind of thing. And, and yeah. so just having real models like yourself um, really encouraged me to kind of find my true self. Yeah. Wow. But that's not a simple journey that you've taken. You know, you've gone down a long, hard path. You've got your doctorate in education. I mean, you you tr- truly have had such a passionate, pa- so much passion for people. But but when was it you saw this great need to help these underprivileged, these underserved uh, youth in the schools? I mean, when was that? I mean, I I, I read you know you were a principal right. in the school. And you've been in education for 30 years, but when did it come to you? You know, I mean, yeah. we, we all, you know, oh, I, no, I, I remember. I, I remember the moment. Yeah, I remember the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the moment that it was around 2009. Um, I had been a principal for 18 years. I mean, um, that's a long time. Most yeah. people, you know, six, seven, eight years, uh, you know, there's a few of us who did 16, 17, 18 years. I had a son. And my husband and I, I felt like this was a good, I didn't want to move in that role. And it was around 2009 when I was out. I can remember the day. I can remember the day. Okay. I was I was on, I, I, and maybe it was around 8.05 in the morning. I was on <laughs> the yard. I can almost tell you the date, but I won't go that far. I was on the yard with all of my scholars and we were doing our morning assembly and my morning assemblies usually are, you know, talking about rules and let's make sure we don't push and we do not chase anyone or we don't play tag, but have fun, do well today. And then it was at that moment I said to my scholars, you know, I had them repeating things after me, just chants and positive words. And I said, why not? I don't know. It came to me. And all of the scholars that stuck, Dr. Nancy. Everybody kept saying, why not? Why not? In fact, I heard it every day after that. I heard it from parents. As I was walking through the halls, some kids would say, Dr. J, why not? I'm like, wow. And you know, when I really found out there was something to this, a parent came to me and I still have this shirt today. I still have this shirt. She gave me a shirt and it was on the back. She had it made and she had the words, why not? And she also put pictures of different things we were doing around the school, going to field trips. We started having all kinds of programs that I did not believe could happen. We started having music and we didn't have any money. But I called the Grammys and they said, we'll provide music free of charge. Yeah. I I called, and then when they said yes, I called the Academy Awards 
And then they came and said, we will help you with theater classes and summer programs. Then I called William Morris Endeavor Entertainment Talent Agency, and they took their entire foundation and said, we would love to partner with you so we can bring access and opportunities for kids for summer program and books. And we'd like to remodel your school. And then I met Cheryl Hines, actress Cheryl Hines, who really was the catalyst for many of these things to happen. I asked her, she came to my school to read to scholars, to our scholars, like, and then other celebrities did as well. And she came, but she, other celebrities came and left. She yeah. came and she read and she said to me, I can't believe that your playground looks like that. Mm. She says you have a, a, a jungle gym and it's yellow taped all around it. And I said, yeah, we got, we kind of got used to that. You know, kids don't play on it. We kind of got used to it. It's been like that. Nobody's fixed it. She says, that's going to stop today. And then her and I, we partnered and she opened up a world of possibilities in my mind that there were more people who thought about doing something great besides me, but I couldn't do it alone. I needed the partnership of others who had greater influence and other ideas. And you know, the old saying, you know, two brains together, just do better work. So, so that's when that happened and why not has taken off ever since. You know, and, and when we talk about COVID and COVID's not over, it's not, it's not done, but you know, I like to think that COVID's been an opportunity, you know, <laughs> and I think there's, it's way people think there's a different yeah. way people think. COVID has created an opportunity that many people are learning new ways of doing things, but better ways of doing things as taking opportunities to improve relationships, to improve their workforce, to to really become very passionate about what's important, who's yeah. important and what's important. And I think that's that's why, what Why Not's all about, because all the people that you've talked to that came in for collaboration and to support your program really wanted wanted a, a reason to why not. I mean, and I think that's the, I think that's ninety percent of the population, don't you think? I do. Uh, yeah. I do. Really, people people really do want to help. Yeah, they really do want to make a difference, but many times they don't know how, and right, they and, and they don't know where or with who. So you're absolutely right. That's what I was told. They said we would love, but we don't know who to talk to. We don't yeah. know where to start. Yeah. And also it was it's it's our fault too on the education side. We we don't reach out enough. We don't raise the volume on let's work together on something. So there's there's so much to be learned on both sides that I felt it was a need um to write about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are so many things, so many, for example, community organizations, one does one thing, one does another, but when they come together, when they all can work together, then everybody's doing what they're really, really good at and how they can truly make the ultimate benefit uh, to the community and to the individuals in that community. So, you you know, you said, uh, I think in your intro, 350 schools or communities that you've your program has affected. Tell me how that works. And where are the, where are where are the vast amount of uh, numbers of these communities? Where are they? Right. Well, th- actually 350 businesses, 350 partnerships. Businesses. 
Okay. Yeah. okay. And, 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 and those businesses range from, you know, large and small to mom and pop to big corporations and some of them just individual families. Yeah. Um, and those partnerships had one helped almost all the schools in Compton in Compton, California. So Compton Unified School District, Inglewood Unified School District. Also, um, I must give a big shout out to the LA Rams, the LA Chargers, the LA Clippers. They really have kind of moved into the city of Inglewood, but they were so interested in developing their own footprint, their own community footprint by partnering and supporting schools. So they did a lot for murals and playground equipment, um, and whatever schools needed, eyeglasses with the clippers for students. We've just been doing quite a few um, in a number, and they would sit on community meetings. Um, and so being a, a leader in this, um, it was eye-opening to a lot of um, principals and educators whom I worked with, because I was also teaching them how to communicate with these non-educators who... Right from their perspective, certainly had something to offer. And it wasn't just money, Dr. Nancy, it was also time. It was other kinds of resources. It was also just sitting on some of our meetings and committees to give their ideas because often it was just us in a bubble trying to figure it all out. And it was a monumental task that was really um, started to balance out when we started inviting them in. You know, it was just awesome. Uh, I can give you so many examples of just, you know, for example, the, the, you know, Walmart brought all of their staff. So they were sitting there engaged in conversations with our teachers around what could we do better to create pathways for for work and for for their parents, for their families and for them. Um, And it it was just great to hear the stories behind some of these individuals. Laurie's Prime Rib. I'm sure you you remember Laurie's Prime Rib restaurant in Beverly Hills. Uh, I don't remember. I'm not I'm not originally from California. So that. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm an import. I'm an import. You're an import. Okay. (laughs) I'm an import. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, if you haven't went. Please go. They're they're okay, right. Okay, they're, okay, I don't okay. I don't know if they're open right now, but they're on La Cienega. I went there to eat one night with my husband, and I called the next day. Got a chance to speak to the general manager. He drove his car to my school, met with all of my scholars, and then invited us all to come eat at the restaurant. When we got there, Doctor Nancy, he rolled out a red carpet, closed the restaurant from to the public to allow all of our scholars and families and teachers to eat there. Let me tell you, that was a partnership we had for eight years. Wow. Yeah. I, th- I, I still have the picture which I'll, it's, it's, that I'll send you. Um, and, and thank goodness someone took that picture um, from, I believe it was the Times. And we, we got off the, the, you know, the bus, our, our rickety old bus. And I remember the scholar said, one of the scholars said to me, Dr. J, they, the restaurant's closed. It says closed for private party. I said, guess what? We're the private party. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so it was just an experience. Yeah. You, well, know. You, you, you were opening doors to uh, you, the youth, to students that would probably. And I think that's it. When we start opening doors, we realize that there's so many other doors that can be opened for these these 
kids that makes such a difference. You know, I, I, the why not incubator sounds so fascinating, but I think one of the things that would be something that I'd like for you to share is that you initially had talked about an 80% success rate. Tell me about a couple of the students, and you said because the success rate kept these young men out of suspensions, uh, and, and even even worse, which would be death, prison or death. So give me a, give me a couple of these men who are now men and, and maybe what they're doing for you, because I always know you always know that everything is full circle. At least yeah. everything, everything yeah. I put out there comes yeah. back to me three threefold. And, and I tell people that and they don't they don't seem to understand that if you mm. come from a place of abundance and you act in a way of abundance, not scarcity, it always comes back to you. So tell me about a couple of these young men who have come back into the system and the partnerships and collaboration. Well, first of all, I love that because that's a law. I believe in that law. Um, I I believe in the law of intention. And I believe when you do put that out, it comes back even more so. And, And it has shown to prove itself time after time after time. The program I had at the time was called Gentleman Scholars. And that was specifically for young men who had major challenges, didn't have a dad, um, you know, lived in, in, in very difficult situations and needed the support. And, and they weren't A students always. They were just, um, it was volunteer basis, but in some cases I call it volunteer, but I snatched some kids and said, you're gonna be in this program. And we would meet with them a couple of days after school. And these were kids who had to walk through gang gauntlets to get home. Um, and, and oftentimes became gang members because they had to survive. Yeah. And this, this program that I hate to call a program, to be quite honest, I like to call it a process um, that they were in. They were, you know, failing. Um, in fact, our entire school was considered program improvement three at the time. There was five levels. And program improvement three was a level that um, it was suggested by the State Department of Education that if you're at that level, you need to provide some intervention, something different to turn the school around. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as low as program improvement five, where they suggest you need to change everything, your curriculum, you may even need to change staff. So I tried to think with my team, what could we do? And of course, we thought of the basic things of more tutoring, more this, more longer school days. And I said, no kid's going to want that. (laughs) you know and I said you know what how about we think about it from an inspirational point of view and so the team came together and they loved the idea of gentlemen scholars I don't know the word gentleman meant something to me but let me just tell you the girls said we got to get in on this too so the girls came in and so the word gentlemen scholars was like uh it started to become okay gentlemen and ladies as well so everybody started becoming part of it because I let them dress up by the way we were a uniform school it was required to wear uniform but I said on Tuesdays I want you to dress up in your best dress and yeah. I knew the kids understood the word church clothes. So I said, wear your church clothes. You know, wear your church clothes. And they wore suits and ties. And oh my God, some of them came with so much cologne. I had to tell them that's a, that's a <laughs> tone it down. <laughs> oh, but it gave them a sense of pride. And I also think it gave them a sense of empowerment. Sure. Which is to me the next step after being inspired is that they became empowered. And um, 
this program meeting, this process of bringing in mentors and individuals um, to speak to them and to, they literally, I kept it pretty loose. I said, please just come and share your story. I brought in different people. I even brought in two gang members that were next door who in the park doing nothing. I said, why don't you come and tell your story? They said, you sure? I said, sure. And little did I know, they started crying talking about how what how not to get in games. Please don't take this route. It, it, it became something bigger, to be quite honest, than I ever expected to happen. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps now, thinking about those tears. And um, the next thing you know, it impacted our, our academic program because the children felt wanted and needed, and they felt empowered. When we started to remodel our school, it was just us. We started painting it. Then the, the park next door said, since you're doing that, we're going to clean up the park. And, 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 and so everybody was helping us. The, the people, there was a man who lived across the street. He came across, he says, Dr. J, all of this cleanup you're doing, all this remodeling you're doing is bringing up my home value. Thank you. So I knew something was happening greater. I mean, I tell you, there was even a motorcycle game. And then the leader of it, his name was Spider. He brought the whole team. <laughs> he said, you know, we love what you're doing. And it was just a community engagement. So I knew then that there was more to this than I had thought. So yes, academically, it brought us from program improvement three. And we were able to come out that year, Dr. Nancy, that year, that year we were able to come out, we raised all of the at scale to 80%. So, you know, I, I, I truly believe that lit the fire or planted the seed. Yeah. Well, your book is coming out. And you know what, Dr. J, we can probably talk a long time. But one of the things that I want to challenge you to do, because you've got the why not challenge, which I completely understand and agree with. But uh, you know, I would like for you to become a part of the Women Connect for Good uh, community as well, because what we're doing is we have what we call the Lift as You Rise camp, uh, campaign. Mm. It's women, women lifting other women as you rise, because that's the challenge that we each have. When we rise, if we bring somebody else along with us, just think if we all lifted someone else up every single day as we're rising up. So, and, and you can use this campaign in your schools and you can use this in your book. We want everybody to take everything, but it's 52 weeks of lifting as you rise and ways that you can do that uh, for women, but it can be used for men as well because men and women, until we're actually working together, you're yeah. not going to get anywhere. We've got to all come together. together together but this book and your incubator why not incubator there's so much people can learn from you and so where can they go to find the book to find your your why not incubator uh yes. process and how they can get involved and how they can thank become you. a part of the community okay well, well thank you and i call it the why not incubator because an incubator is where we grow and we develop and and, and so through the why not incubator um i offer workshops um for individuals to learn how to do this very thing 
to learn how to create connection, to learn how to build community, to develop something that they already have into a greater sense um, and to expand what they're doing, um, to hear from others. And this incubator has started in 2019 and has really taken off um, into some wonderful spaces and places. And and, and I'm just certain that we're growing because of it. So all you have to do is go to whynotincubator.com or whynotincubatorconsulting.org. So I have a nonprofit organization, which is whynotincubator.com, which really um, deals with high school youth and empowering them. Um, But for those who are interested in um, the workshops for um, educators and adults, um, that is whynotincubatorconsulting.org. And there you'll be able to find the book and the workshops and all the resources and the stories Um, And even some wonderful pictures uh, that we were able to capture of some of these great things happening. Well, I've got a feeling you're not even close to being finished. You're just getting started. (laughs) I can hear your engines revving up. One of the things (laughs) I would like to share one other terminology with you, because I I do this with I have a 501c3 uh, social, but I call it a social profit, (gasps) nonprofit. It's a social profit. The social profit is positive. I don't like nonprofit. It seems I don't either. So, you know, you're a 501c3 social profit. Profit. Oh. <laughs> I'm writing that down. And that's the best that's the best thing about it. when we come together we can share all this these different terminologies and ways to, you know, instead of is the half. Can you quickly tell me why you call it that? Because, again, think of all the, the 501c3s if they went away, where, where our communities would be. Our social, our whole, our whole social structure would, would fall apart without these social profit organizations. Each community has them. You're, if your social profit went away, what would happen to all these schools? What would happen to all these communities and all this collaboration that you have been creating? We, it, it, it doesn't work. But if you, uh, well, uh, just a short story. I, w- I actually was speaking to a group of 501c3 social profit organizations, and yeah. I started using that terminology, and I watched these people start to puff up. Yeah. They started to feel empowered. They started yeah. to feel important. They felt right. started to feel pride, all the mm-hmm. things that you're talking about. So, you know, uh, we're, we've got more work to do, but, but, you know, I always so, learn something being around you. I always learn. <laughs> well, so do I. So do, and, that, and that's why we need to keep working together. So Dr. J, what we want to do is continue to promote what you're doing. Let us know what you're doing. Articles, we can promote that. Blogs, we can do whatever. The, the connection, Women Connect for Good is no, no more than the connections that we have and yeah. the stories of so many people that this community is growing. And, and it's so exciting because, you know, we're just getting better and better, better. And we're all figuring out that we can all be a part of the change for good. And that's what we're doing. So. Well, thank you. I would love to be part of it. I cannot wait. Uh, this is, I feel honored uh, to be offered to be part of this wonderful um, network of women. Well, we, we, we've got to all come together to do this. And, and it's, you know what, it's a lot more fun when we do it together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a wonderful day and, and let's stay in touch. You know, we can chat here in the future about things that are going on, but 
Uh, Please. We, this is not this is not the last time we'll be speaking. This is just one of the the. Do you promise? Yes, you. Pro- yeah. I promise. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you have a <laughs> wonderful you. day and continued success. And and you know what? Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> have a great day. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. See you later. Bye bye. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you for listening.